Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome everyone once again to History Dweebs. I'm Tim and today's topic is on that of famous American outlaw Jesse James. And joining me, as always, for the podcast is our panel, led by the very lovely and talented Brandy. How are you today, Brandy? Red-headed Brandy. I'm great, but Chuck's very close to me today because we're doing it in a different app, in a different office. So. A different studio. It's a different studio. I don't like it. I'm sorry. Well, I'm I sorry. Don't you're I don't know that you are. The no. devil has personal space issues. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to get in her personal space. I don't but, like it. But uh, in addition to Brandy, of course, the very lovely and talented Brandy, we have the very lovely and talented and debonair, courageous. Courageous? And fruitful, I would say. Colonel Charles wow. Beauregard Hawkwaters III, affectionately known as a Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm doing wonderful, Timmy. It's a Friday. The weather's beautiful outside. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. It is. The weather is really nice. So, so do we have any quick shout-outs, Colonel, before we jump into Jesse Jane? Knut? Yes. We got a very nice email again from um, Knut. And thank you, Knut, for um, listening again and um, stay in touch. And um, we also uh, got some very nice comments over the past week on uh, our Facebook page. I think y'all for following us there. And um, if you listen to us on iTunes, we would love it if you would leave us a review. Um, that's how other people find us. So um, if you're listening um, to us and would like to suggest a topic or have any comments, please um, send us an email through Facebook. Uh, just search History Dweebs and... Um, like the page, and uh, you'll get a lot of good, got a lot of good, cool stuff on there. So um, send us an email, let us know how you're doing. We'll be happy to give you a shout out next time. Any other shout outs? I'd like to give a shout out to your brother. What's his name, Brandy? Casey. Casey, who listens to every podcast. So, Casey, um, thanks for listening, and um, we're hoping that you can join us sometime in the future. That's all right. That would be cool to have, he have a need brother to. in you. Yeah, it would be kind of like you think you know, like he's probably the good brother versus the well, evil you know, child. Is he younger or older than you? He's younger than me. Oh, so you tortured the poor man. Uh, evidently, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I just ignored him. So they, your parents didn't find perfection with you. They had to keep going twice. Yeah, and they still couldn't find it, so they just stopped. I'm not sure, but we would like Casey to join us and. 
we would uh, so Casey you got an open invitation to join us for our next podcast we okay. gotta give a lovely a shout out to our lovely listener Dottie Scott okay shout out to my mom uh, uh-huh. she uh, she made a left a very thoughtful comment on my Facebook page the other day oh did she about, about how people die around did. you all the time um, no I just posted a video of my son playing guitar playing a song and she liked it. Daddy said, Chuck, you and Renee have just created some wonderfully ta- handsome and talented kids. You're great. Well, that is true. And, uh, and you know, I like, I'm just going to give a group shout out here. All right. Uh, our Canadian listeners. I want to give a shout out to our Canadian listeners. Yeah, we, we have, have a listeners in Canada. And, uh, yeah. We would love for it to hear from some of you. Uh, we do get uh, consistently a lot of listeners from Canada. And we get one listener from the Philippines. So if you're listening, Drop us a line. So we we just like to say thank you, eh? And if Donald Trump becomes president, we will come visit you. We will come. Yeah. Vi- I'm we will move in in uh, your house. With you. Actually, I'm going to Norway. Me and Canute, I'm going to take Rudy. We're going to hang out. Hang out with Storm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, let's jump into this because the, the trouble with doing this podcast is one. It's a very well-known person, so probably a lot of you listeners probably know more about the story than we do. And second... Well, most of our podcasts know more about it than we do. (laughs) That's true. But second, um, there are so many, like, little stories within this story. It's like, so it's easy to get... It would be easy for us to go out, you know, down the rabbit hole. Like a tangent? Yeah. Because we never do that. We could, it's easy to get pulled out into the weeds. So we're going to try not to do this. We're going to try to do Jesse James 101. How's that? Well, all right. If you don't, if, if you just want to do surface stuff, right, and not right. deep enough. Why do we even need you, Colonel? Why do you need me? I mean, okay. if you want to do surface, brainless, thoughtless stuff, you can get the devil to do it. I mean, I, I'm, okay. I'm here. Okay. Let's get started. Uh-huh. Okay. So Jesse Woodson James was born on September 5th, 1847. Uh, of course, he's famous as an American outlaw, gang leader, bank robber, train robber, murderer, and uh, probably the state of Missouri's most famous member uh, and most famous member of the James Younger gang. Um, he was a celebrity um, in his own time, but uh, became more of a legend after his death, and we'll talk a little bit about that later on. Um and Jesse James is kind of one of those characters and you kind of see what you want to see in him. Some people saw him as an heroic um, bandit in the lines of Robin Hood, uh, while others saw him as a ruthless you know, killer, uh, outlaw. So you kind of see in him uh, what you want to. Jesse and his brother Frank um, served as Confederate guerrillas, um, or what was called bushwhackers during the Civil War. Um, they were accused of participating in atrocities committed against Union soldiers uh, in the Centella Massacre. Um, and after the war, uh, various members of their gang and outlaws uh, rode rob, uh, horses, robbed banks, stagecoaches, and trains. We'll get into that. Um, despite the, um, despite the um, image of... Robin, you know, the Robin Hood type character. There's little evidence, though, that they actually gave money to the poor. Um, the Bertrand's brothers were most active in the gang from 1866 to 1876, so just after the war, uh, when they um, did most of their robbing and looting. Um, they, they, so it was like a 10-year period there. They were really active. active. 
Um, Jesse was born in Cleveland, Missouri. Uh, the Sticks. The Sticks. It was near his present-day Kearney, Missouri. As I said, that was on September 5th, 1847. He had two siblings, an older brother, Alexander Frank, uh, who would uh, be his partner in crime, and they also had a younger sister, uh, Susan James. I bet she was proud. Yeah, probably. Um, actually, you know, the, the, this, this story and... Every time we post something about this on a Facebook page, just say anything related to Jesse James, there's a lot of people come forward to say that they're related to him. Now, whether they really are or not, I don't know. But, um, but you know, you know, as I research this on the internet, you see a lot of people are looking up through family trees and things, trying to. Well, that's very possible because when we get into my party, he married his cousin. Yeah, yeah. There's some intermarriage there, yeah, which was not, not that uncommon at that point. But anyway, his father Robert James was a commercial hemp farmer. I know something that you're familiar with, there, Colonel. So was uh, my grandma, and a Baptist minister in Kentucky. Was she also a Baptist minister? Uh, I think my great grandpa was. Okay, well, they so had smart they, ass. So you may be related. I don't. Um, think so. And I, I got a boy who's a hemp farmer. <laughs> yeah, but not professionally. <laughs> Amateur. It, it, yeah, it, it's for it's for recreational use. Right. So anyway, they they migrated from Kentucky to Bradford, Missouri, um, and um, they were, were quite. They they had a, some good luck. They were prosperous. They acquired at the time six slaves and a hundred hundred acres of farmland. I remember, Missouri at this point was a uh, border state. Um, so slavery, there was slavery was common, especially in a part of Missouri that they lived in. Um, but Robert James, the dad, he moved off to California during the gold rush, and um, he just never did come back. And he died out there when Jesse was just three years old. So he may have some daddy issues and abandonment or something. Wouldn't, uh, just a quick geography question for you, Timmy. Yeah. Um, other than Hawaii and Alaska, wouldn't all the states be border states? Um, no, I mean, a border between the North and the South. Let's not get into that. We're getting into the Civil War in okay. a bit. Okay, so after um, their their dad died, the widow, Zara Noralda, remarried twice. First to Benjamin Sims in 1852, and then in 1855, the marriage didn't last just three years. She married Dr. Reuben Samuels. Um, and they had four children together, so he had some, like, siblings or half-siblings or something going on. They was Jewish. And no, they were not Jewish. Uh, but anyway, they had a tobacco farm, and they raised tobacco. You know, they ra- they had a farm. Tobacco. Yeah, tobacco. And they had a total of seven slaves. Now, again, put this in historical context. This is a, as we were approaching the American Civil War, you know, in the 1850s, leading up to the war in 1861. Missouri was a border state, as I said, sharing uh, characteristics of both the North and the South. But the population, 75% was from the South, so they were they were considered um, in the part of the state that they were in was Clay County, Missouri. It was considered Little Dixie. So there was a lot of of um, uh, Confederate uh, sympathy uh, sympathizers in that area. Um, so anyway, so when the farmers there they had slaves. Um, actually, the county had more slave uh, held more slaveholders. Uh, than any other uh, region of the state of Missouri. So um, Clay County was a hotbed for um, Confederacy. 
Missouri truly was at that time a, a battleground state. Right. I mean, as was Kansas next door. Kansas, we'll get we'll get into called that. Him a, called yeah. him a swing state, but yeah, yeah. Most of the violence happened up in Missouri. Yeah, and most of in in Missouri, uh, slaves at that point accounted for only ten percent of the population, but in Clay County, they constituted twenty five percent. So you could tell that that was heavily um, geared toward um, the, um, the Confederacy. After the passage of the Kansas-Nebraska Act in 1854, Clay County became the scene, as as the colonel said, of a lot of turmoil as to whether uh, slavery should be expanded next door into the Kansas Territory. And that, of course, you know, it's it's, uh, led up to Lincoln's uh, uh, election and um, and then the Civil War. Numerous people from Missouri migrated to Kansas um, with um, Southern um, lean, you know, leaning toward the Confederates so that they could um, have a say in making sure that Kansas was a uh, slave state. So, you know, they kind of, both sides kind of migrated, brought their folks in. The North brought their folks in, the South brought those folks in so that they could sway um, uh, the way Kansas uh, would go, whether slavery or not to go or to uh, abolition. That brings us up to the Civil War, and Brandy's going to talk to us about uh, Jesse James' role during the Civil War. Uh, after a series of campaigns and battles between the conventional armies in 1861, guerrilla warfare gripped Missouri, waged between secessionists or bushwhackers, and Union forces, which largely consisted of local militia organizations known as Jayhawkers. A bitter conflict ensued, resulting in an escalating cycle of atrocities committed by both sides. Confederate guerrillas, I really have a hard time not seeing monkeys, like gorillas, fighting. Guerrilla warfare? Yes. When people say guerrilla warfare, I always think of, like, planet Like gorillas. Yeah, planet Planet of the apes. apes. Okay. Uh, let's see. Confederate guerrillas murdered Union civil. Sorry, murdered civilian Unionists, executed prisoners, and scalped the dead. Why? Well, because they were losing the war. Why scalp the dead? Oh, I don't know. I think maybe why they. That's were just gross. Killing. Like what well, the hell? While that's we're at actually, it, that's something well, like an Indian war. Well, yeah, it was to scare. It was to. Yeah. It was terrorism, mm-hmm. in, in in a way, it was to scare mm-hmm. other folks away. Union forces enforced martial law with raids on homes, uh, arrests of civilians, summary executions, and a banishment of Confederate sympathizers from the state. The James Samuel family sided with the Confederates at the outbreak of war. Frank James, the brother, joined a local company recruited for the secession as Drew Lobb's army and fought at the Battle of Wilson's Creek, though he fell ill and returned home soon afterwards. In 1863, he was identified as a member of a guerrilla squad that operated in Clay County. In May of, 19, of 1863, a Union militia company raided the James Samuel farm looking for Frank's group. They tortured Reuben Samuel by briefly hanging him from a tree, and according to legend, they lashed young Jesse. Frank eluded capture eluded capture and was believed to have joined the guerrilla organization led by William C. Quantrell. It's thought that he took part in the notorious massacre of some 200 men and boys in Lawrence, Kansas, a center of abolitionists. Frank James followed Quantrell to Texas over the winter 
1963 into 64. 1863 into 64. In the spring, he returned in a squad commanded by Fletch Taylor. After they arrived in Clay County, 16-year-old Jesse James joined his brother in Taylor's group. In the summer of 64, Taylor was severely wounded, losing his right arm to a shotgun blast. The James brothers joined the Bushwhacker group led by Bloody Bill Anderson. Yeah, that guy. We have to do a podcast on him. He was he was a was he a lunatic? Yeah, he was. I mean, well, again, all of this is what your perspective is. So, folks, some folks in the South, he was a, a hero who protected them against the Union soldiers. And but to the people there, he, you know, he you know, he he was got his name Bloody Bill for a reason. He was right pretty ruthless. Uh, Jesse suffered a serious wound to the chest that summer. The Clay County Provost Marshal reported that both Frank and Jesse took part in the Centrilla Massacre in September, in which guerrillas killed or wounded some 22 unarmed Union troops, they sca- and they scalped and dismembered some of the dead. The guerrillas ambushed and defeated a pursuing regiment of Major A.B.E. Johnson's Union troops, killing all who tried to surrender, and there were more than 100 of those people. Frank later identified Jesse as a member of the band who had fatally shot Major Johnson. <laughs> Actually, that's... <laughs> that's I, I, You're laughing at Major Johnson. <laughs> always call me the colonel. They call me Major Johnson. No, they don't, ever. <laughs> as a result of the James Brothers' activities, the Union military authorities made their family leave Clay County. And we should actually do a podcast on Major Johnson because he's very interesting to me. I very mean, vague, I hear. He, he just hangs well, around. He worked his way up. He rose up the ranks from Private Johnson to Major Johnson. <laughs> Continue, Brandy. Oh, uh, okay, though they were ordered to move south beyond the Union lines, instead they moved across to the nearby state border into Nebraska. After Anderson was killed in an ambush in October... The James brothers separated. Frank followed Quantrell into Kentucky. Jesse went to Texas under the command of Archie Clement, one of Anderson's lieutenants. He is known to have returned to Missouri in the spring. Jesse was shot while trying to surrender when they ran into a Union cavalry post near Lexington, Missouri. Jesse James suffered the second of two life-threatening chest wounds there. Yeah, he was shot seven times over his life. You know, all in your line of work. Yeah, he's like 50 cent. He was like 50 cent. Yeah, he is like 50 cent. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the Civil War, Missouri was completely tore up from the floor up. And the conflict split the population into three bitterly opposed factions. The anti-slavery unionist that identified with the Republican Party. The segregationist conservative unionist identified with the Democratic Party. And pro-slavery ex-Confederate secessionist many of whom also allied with the Democrats, especially the southern part of the party. That's a whole lot of... Well, no, factions. I mean, yeah, because you had you had the Republicans. Of course, Lincoln was a Republican, and he was, you know, for abolition. You had the Democrats at the time who were against abolition, and you had the ex-Confederates. Wait, not just Democrats. Segregationist, conservative unionists that identified with the Democrats... And the pro-slavery ex-Confederate secession. There's a lot going on there. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's a lot of different groups. Yeah. The Republican, they like the Baptists, really. They just really, that's split what you're doing there? Every time they, uh, we're doing uh, that. Now we'll get some email. 
That's perfect. Well, I mean, you get a Baptist church. Start talking. You can bet in six months you, you got four more Baptist churches because they're quit. arguing about yeah. something. you got to stop yeah. talking. Yeah. yeah, that's a good idea. Go ahead, Brendan. The Republican Reconstruction Administration passed a new state constitution that freed Missouri slaves. It temporarily excluded former Confederates from voting, serving on juries, becoming corporate officers, or preaching from church pulpits. See, that's where I have to draw the line. No, no, no. Here, here's my thing about that. I mean, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but but you are Reconstruction, right? And and you know, Scott's going to be all over us because Scott's all over Reconstruction. But you, you, the Civil War ends. Lincoln wants to bring everyone back together, and then you give, and then the Confederate states, the people got the right to vote and and all that. Except for these people. Well, no, I mean, then aren't you back to square one? You know what I mean? I don't, there was, I don't, other than being killed in the war, um, and they, a lot of them had the towns burned down to the ground. All right. Um, I, I think they should have been treated all as convicted felons. Okay. Not allowed to write down firearms. We are guaranteed to get email now. Okay, Brandon, continue. <sighs> well, they did create treason. They commit treason against. Well, the I mean, States. one of the one of the things that happens here and later in the story is that when a bounty is put on Frank or Jesse James's head, mm-hmm. a lot of the legislature yeah, they're trying are, to protect it. Well, yeah, yeah we'll get yeah, into that. We'll one. get into that. Yeah. yeah, I just wondered when you were going to let me finish. Okay, we wondered when you was going to finish. The atmosphere was volatile, with widespread clashes between individuals and between armed gangs of veterans from both sides of the war. Jesse finally recovered from his chest wound at his uncle's boarding house in Harlem, Missouri, where he was tended to by his first cousin, his first cousin, Zarelda Z. Mims, named after Jesse's mother. I would love his in the air. I wonder if she was giving him Robitussin for the chest wound. Rubbing some Rubbing Vicks, Vicks on there. Yeah. Ooh. That would burn like a Landry. Isn't that what they give? Huh? The, what was it? Is the, it like opiate? Lodlum. 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 Yeah, lodlum. I thought kerosene. Or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Jesse and his cousin <coughs> began a nine-year courtship. Well, you want to make sure before you take that big step. Yeah. Well, you know, wouldn't you see her at family reunions <laughs> and stuff? Um, yeah, and a divorce had to be hell. I mean, is she still going to be there on Thanksgiving? That you should. You can't, yeah, you can't get rid of You can't split the family like right. that. Um, and they eventually got married. Meanwhile, his old commander, Archie Clement, kept his bushwhacker gang together and began to harass Republican authorities. Yeah, so the war ends and they're still out. Archie's kind of a dick. Well, no, I mean, again, it depends on what... Okay, from my perspective, you are north of the Mason Dixon line. At yeah. this point, yes, I am. Okay. All right. These men were the likely culprit, culprits in the first. When I go home in the wow. evening, I'm south of the Mason Dixon line. You are? Yeah. Yes. Okay. These <laughs> Thanks for putting that out there. All right. These men were the likely culprits in the first daytime armed bank robbery in the United States during peacetime. Now, that is something to put on your resume. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. It's at the bottom of mine. Yeah. Uh, the robbery of the Clay County Savings Association in the town of Liberty, Missouri, on February 13, 1866. The bank was owned by Republican former militia officers who had recently conducted the first Republican Party rally in Clay County history. One innocent bystander, a student of William Jewell College, 
which James's father had helped to found, was shot dead in the street during the, games, the gang's escape. It remains unclear whether Jesse and Frank took part in this. After their later robberies took place, they became legends. There are those who credited them with being the leaders of the Clay County robbery. It's been argued in rebuttal that James was, at the time, still bedridden with his big horkin wound. No concrete evidence has ever surfaced to connect either brother to the crime or to rule them out. See, and that's the problem I have with anything, you know, as we were talking earlier, when you get beyond, when you get earlier than the 20th century, it's hard to, it's hard to separate fact from fiction. Well, because, you know, why? We, we didn't have the internet. Right. Well, we didn't have the internet in 1900 either, but... But, but everything you read on the internet, can't, we I mean, know is were, true, so that, we can... Well, I mean, there were, better, there were better records and yeah. whatever. Now, but anyway, go ahead. Please, continue. All right. In, on June 13th of 1866 in Jackson County, Missouri, two jailed members of Quantrell's gang were demanded to be freed by the gang, and the jailer was killed. It's believed that the James brothers were involved. The survivor of the Clements gang continued to conduct bank robberies over the next two years, though their numbers dwindled through arrests, gunfights, and lynchings. You'll have that. Yes. Lynchings will... Lynchings, lynchings will dwindle will some dwindle. numbers. Yeah. Well, yeah, it does. It, it, it does uh, cut into your personnel pool. But it does. You have, More than retirement. Well, I mean, these guys learned to trade what, during the war, so after the war, they got nothing else to do, so... And plus some of this, it's hard to tell why, uh, how much of it is political and how much of it is just, you know, getting going out for some booty. Well, because so, occasionally I'll go out for booty. Well, occasionally you will. And they used to call this instead of, nowadays the CEOs, when they get fired from a, a place, they get the golden parachutes, right? Yeah. Well, these people was getting the hemp parachutes. Except... They didn't open. It wasn't as much fun. Yeah. yeah. But it stopped them very abruptly from yeah. hitting the ground. Uh, okay. Yeah. Timmy, I got a quick question for you, though. Well, it was interesting what you just said about things from before 1900, you know, not being but, accurate. That we didn't true. have the internet. And, yeah, we didn't have the internet and everything. Um, That's fascinating. So, uh, and I just got a quick question <laughs> for you. Are you telling me you don't believe in the Bible? <clears throat> Let's don't go there. Let's don't. My, my mom is listening. She'll have a heart attack if I start talking about the Bible. Why so would you do that? Yeah, let's not go there. You're heathen, aren't you, Timmy? You're heathen. No. I, I, you need but, some churching, and you need it now. Churching? You need some churching? <laughs> it's churching a verb. Would you get the boy some churching? It's churching a verb. I got the devil sitting right now. next to get him some churching. Churching. Okay. Uh, my mom is okay. a very religious person. She's well, a uh, very she's she's a Christian. She loves Jesus. And then I'll leave it at that. Daddy is she's a fine, fine woman. She she's wonderful. All right. So, get him some church and die. while they were later. <laughs> Shut up. Churching is not a verb. <laughs> while they later tried to justify robbing the banks. These were small local banks um, with all their capital was local. They weren't part of the national system. That was the object of popular discontent in the 1860s and 1870s. On May 23, 1867, for example, they robbed a bank in Richmond, Missouri, in which they killed the mayor and two others. The mayor and two others. <laughs> well, hey, look, if you had a title, you, yeah. would, you, would, you would have been named. The man. Well, no, it's not just that. Like, what? I don't understand. They killed the mayor and a couple other people. <laughs> yeah, nobody cares about them. Uh, it remains uncertain whether <laughs> well, do you even know the mayor's name. Uh, his name was Stu. 
And he <laughs> was you're making that up. He was a lovely Stu Crenshaw, and he All was right. a lovely individual. All right. She's very, making it up. Very portly and happy. It was. It did, he have, did he have a little uh, watch with a little yeah, chain? He looked a little like, top hat. He looked like the Monopoly guy. Did a little bit, except a little bit <laughs> fatter. Sash. Yeah. Mayor on it. A little bit fatter. Why don't right. you shut up about Stu? He Lovely. told Jesse's gang to go t- directly to jail, do not pass go, and they shot him dead. He, he did. Yeah, he didn't. He's not. He did not. Cher <clears throat> wrote a song about it. And then they shot. And then they shot the car and the shoe. Just like Jesse James. Yes. Just like Jesse James. Bang, 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 shut me down. Shut me down. It remains uncertain whether either of the James brothers took part, although an eyewitness who knew the brothers told a newspaper seven years seven years later. <laughs> See, here's my here's statute. My, here's the thing. Well, there's no statute limitation. It's a murder. But here's my thing again. You don't know that. You're not, you're not a lawyer. <laughs> I went to law school. You here's did the thing. But you didn't pass did the bar. Did you pass the bar? I did not take the bar. That's here's the thing. So you didn't pass it. A lot of this stuff is is not. He's, he's hearsay, lowered the bar. It's hearsay. Hearsay, I well, think. Heresy, heresy or hearsay? Much like the girls on Maury, he is 1,000% positive and states emphatically that he recognized Jesse and Frank James amongst the robbers. I'm going to take his word for a man. I'll take the man at his word. He was emphatic. But did he know who the other two guys were? Uh, the mayor? Why did he have empathy? was very popular. Emphatic means empathy. I never got that. He was emphatic. No. Empathy for the James brothers? No. Emphatically and empathy are two totally different words. Yeah, you're having trouble today with the English language. It's a struggle for you. I get it. So in 1868, Frank and Jesse allegedly joined Cole Younger in robbing banks in Russellville, Kentucky. And that gives us the the Younger James gang. That's... Is the beginning of that. Mm-hmm. And by the way, my high school used to play Russellville, Kentucky in football. Oh my gosh. I've been kidding. to Russell Springs, All right. Kentucky. I neutered some pigs down there. I About went to Lexington. Pigs I neutered. Do not tell that story again. I go ahead, Lexington. Um, in Casey County. Jesse James did not become famous, however, until December 7th, 1869. The Colonel's birthday. Almost 100 yeah. years. Almost 100 Almost years. 100 years before my birthday. Yeah. When he and most likely Frank robbed the Davis County Savings Association in Gallatin, Missouri. Was it a savings and loan? No, that's not what you wrote down here. All right. Was it a credit union? <laughs> did they, it was an e-bank. <laughs> did they have? Did, 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 did they? Can you get a car loan there? I, you know, it, they had a hard time with their ATM machines. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Uh, the robbery. Could you get a car loan? Shut up. Your robbery net. That, uh, uh, excuse me, Colonel. Just go ahead and open your Coke and have a drink while in the middle of our podcast. The robbery okay. netted little money, but it appears that Jesse shot and killed the cashier, Captain John Sheets, mistakenly. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The guy's a captain and he's working as a cashier. You know, it's it's sad how we treat our military when they get out. I'm telling you, the guy's a captain, right? Well, <laughs> not very good. What, 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 the janitor must have been a, a sergeant, a staff sergeant, or he's something. An admiral. And, um, and when we edit this, remember, Baja Mountain Dew is one of our sponsors, so we got to edit that Coke yeah. reference out. Okay, Brandy, go ahead because I don't want us to go down a rabbit hole. That's too late. Uh, so they shot and killed this this guy, Captain John Sheets, because they mistakenly believed him to be Samuel P. Cox. 
<laughs> Peacocks. Do you know? Now, speaking of which, do you know that Jan, she, Jesse James? She's a cock. You know what his nickname was? You guys know what Jesse James' nickname was? Cher. Dingus. Dingus. JJ. Why wouldn't it be JJ? He never swore. He never cussed. What does that what? have to do with his nickname being JJ? It was Dingus. Apparently, when he because he got his finger shut off. One of his fingers shut, shut mm-hmm. off, and his his fifth, middle finger? he didn't say cut. He didn't cut, so he said dingus, and that's why they call him dingus. Oh, that's kind of a dumb thing. Yeah, it's an interesting tidbit. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. An you, anecdote. You took a, a tidbit. You took us straight down the rabbit hole with that one. Didn't yeah, I did. All right, so it's probably the first thing anyone's learned about Jesse James in this podcast so far. <laughs> Toothpaste. All right, so they thought he was Samuel Cox, the militia, <laughs> the militia officer who killed Bloody Bill Anderson during the Civil War. I'm telling you, Bloody Bill Anderson is going to be a good podcast. I may have to get Scott on that one because it'll be a little bit more professional. But continue, please. It's hurtful, Timmy. It's hurtful. <laughs> continue. I think I think I've done a wonderful job being professional. I'm like Barbara Walters over here. You are like Barbara Wawa. Cox had earlier <laughs> been a partner in the you know, firm. I think she's, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Is she had an affair with. You know she had an affair with Fidel Castro. Yes, Barbara. Wait a minute. Cox had earlier been a partner in the firm. Ballinger. Balls and. Ballinger. Ballinger Cox, Cox and Kemper. Kemper. Ballinger? Yes! Ballinger, I didn't even hardly know the girl. If I'm Kipper, I'm not joining that group. <laughs> no! Ballinger Cox. Okay, we digress. Sorry. Mm. I wonder, is that Johnson in there? No. <laughs> no. Major Johnson. I apologize to our audience who may not. Now, come on, devil. We ain't in the fifth grade no more. You can say the names without giggling and acting all yeah. silly. Really? Because you giggle every time someone says unit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Beavis. Right. Beavis and Butthead. Come on. Um, shoot. Okay. Um, so we're back to Ballinger and Cox. They were Ballinger. Okay. Ballinger. Ballinger, Cox, <laughs> and Kemper. This is the worst podcast we've ever done. <laughs> with Gallatin businessman J.M. Kemper, whose son, William Thornton Kemper Sr., went on to found two of the largest banks headquartered in Missouri. Yeah, see, that's a well-respected name in Missouri. Ballinger Kemper. Cox. Kemper. Oh. Uh, but the business relationship had dissolved by the time of the robbery. James's self-proclaimed attempt at revenge and the daring escape he and Frank made through the middle of a posse sh- shortly afterwards put his name on, in the newspapers for the first time. It's hard to get there, a posse? <laughs> they split that posse in two. Didn't they just hide in it and wiggle around? Okay, in 19... Joe Cox came after him. (laughs) Then they just ran. Was Cox in Uh, that posse? Okay, let's get back to the story. Oh, my God. I've got a lot of editing to do tonight. What? No! In 1869, the 1869 robbery marked the emergence of Jesse James as the most famous of the former guerrillas and the first time he was publicly labeled an outlaw as Missouri Governor Thomas T. Crittenden set a reward for his capture. Yeah, Crittenden, he, he said in his, I don't, you may get to this, in his inaugural speech that he was going to get Je- Jesse James. Again, he, Crittenden was a Republican. Okay. And um, James was, you know... Uh, not. He, not, yeah. 
this was the beginning of an alliance between James and John Newman Edwards, editor and founder of the Kansas City Times. Edward, a former Confederate cavalryman, was campaigning to return former secessionists to power in Missouri. Six months after the Gallatin robbery, Edwards published the first of many letters from Jesse James to the public, asserting his innocence. So they're like the, he was like the drudge report of the time. I guess. Uh, over time, the letters gradually became more political in tone, denouncing the Republicans and voicing James's pride in his Confederate loyalties. So this is essentially public relations for yes. James, which is why he got, he's not, to some people, he was a hero, a little Robin Hood. Right, but, but you've got to remember, too, if you have Union troops occupying your city or town or state, and they're, you know, they're, you know, being brutal. Then you got a, a, a gorilla comes along and, you know, defend. Yeah, no, I mean, it comes Jesse James and Quantrells and all the uh, Buddy Bill Anders, whatever. They all come and and they're right, fighting right, right. the troops. They're going to get sympathy from the locals. But they, but in reality, they're not really fighting the troops. They're going in and robbing. With their, yeah, there's no evidence that. What they did, they well during the war they fought the troops, but yeah. afterwards this, they were doing yeah, it. They were in it for right. their own, like I said, for the for themselves for the right. money. All right. So together with Edwards and admiring editorials, the letters turned James into a symbol of Confederate defiance of of Reconstruction. He's sort of like Kim Davis at this point. I mean, it was a symbol that some people rallied around. Not everyone, but some people rallied around. Jesse James' initiative in creating his rising public profile was debated by historians and biographers. Though the tense politics certainly surrounded his outlaw career and enhanced his notoriety. Did you have something to say? No. Okay. I was just... Well, I thought you had something. I thought you started to say something. No. Meanwhile, the James brothers joined with Cole Younger and his brothers Jim, John, and Bob. Jim, John, and Bob. Yeah. Boy, his, we should have to do something on that younger. You know, his parents just was. They like, were not creative. Yeah. What, what are we gonna name him? How about Isaac uh, yeah. Emmanuel? No, Jim, James, Jim, and Bob. Yeah. Uh, as well as Slell Miller. Slell. I love those names. C L E L L. Slell. Slow? Yes, Miller. And other former Confederates to form what became known as the James Younger Gang. Thank you. Uh, with Jesse James as the public face of the gang, though the operational leadership likely shared amongst the group, the gang carried out a string of robberies from Iowa to Texas and from Kansas to West Virginia. They robbed banks, stagecoaches, and a fair in Kansas City, often in front of large crowds, even hamming it up for the bystanders. Now, who robs a fair? You take your kids to the fair, and all of a sudden, the James you got Younger Gang did. Banditos showing up. Banditos. Yeah. Still in the cotton candy. Yeah, taking the popcorn and every. Uh, on, see, this is why I don't like these men. On July 21st, 1873, they turned to train robbery, derailing the Rock Island train in Adair, Iowa, and now stealing. Now, here is where I start liking them, because here they're going after the industrialist. Okay. Rockefellers, the J.P. Morgans. Uh, they stole approximately three thousand dollars, or fifty-one thousand dollars in two thousand seven money. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Mm. That's not much of a haul. For $3, this, no. For this, they wore Ku Klux Klan masks, deliberately taking on a potent symbol years after the Klan had been suppressed in the South by President Grant's use of the Force Acts. See, that's what I mean. Using, they're using the uh, the. Uh, 
um, Confederate sympathize, sympathy for the Confederacy to mask their nefarious um, activities. They was using political propaganda yeah, to, to help themselves become bank robbers. Yeah. Great. Much like Al Capone did. Okay. He did to that an quite extent, a bit. To yeah. an extent. Uh, the James gang later trained the James gang's later train robberies had a lighter touch. In only two train holdups did they rob passengers because James typically limited himself to the express safe in the baggage car. Yeah, and I mean how much money is someone's gonna have on them anyway? Such well, if it's you what you know what I'm you know what I'm saying. If somebody robs you they struck the mother load. But well, yeah, but yeah, this is why I don't get the Robin Hood thing. They're stealing from the citizens. Well, you know, you're still, on the train. Jesse James come up, take no, your wallet. Now you stop in the next no, city. No, she's saying they off. didn't do that. She's saying they, no, they did. In a couple of instances, they did it. They did it and yeah. they, uh, you stop at the McDonald's or whatever, you next stop. You ain't got no money. Well, and I don't think they went to McDonald's in the back in the day, but I, I think they realized the the value of you know it wasn't worth it to them publicity wise to to rob individuals when right. really the money is is they in showed the, their true heart and then they thought about it and said oh no this doesn't make us look good so he was robbing the safe in the baggage car such techniques reinforced the Robin Hood image that Edwards created in his newspapers but the James gang never shared any of their robbery money out. Outside their circle. Oh, that rap bastards. So, now, by this time, the Adams Express Company, they're getting tired of them. So they decide, who are you going to call in this day and age? Pinkerton. Ghostbusters. Damn right, you're going to call the Pinkertons. So in I do not like the Pinkertons. I'll just go on record saying that. Well, I don't like the James Gang. Well, you're entitled, man's entitled to his opinion. So in 1874, they call in the Pinkertons to stop the James Younger gangs. Now, the Pinkertons, they primarily work against professional criminals, and they provide industrial security. They used to be some strike breakers. Um, yeah, they, and they were, they were the um, muscle for the wealthy. Yeah. They were private pretty armies. Much. Prim- yeah. Pretty much private armies for the wealthy. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, well, we've covered the Pinkertons in other yeah, podcasts. Yeah, the Maytuan massacre. Um, they were involved in that. Yeah. Big, so anyway, the gang, they got support from a lot of former Confederate soldiers in Missouri, so they were able to elude the Pinkertons. Now, this this just set torqued Alan Pinkerton off. So he took it as a personal vendetta to get to Jesse James. Yeah, he did the same thing with Butch Cassidy. He had a lot of personal vendettas. Well, you know. Yeah. It was before TV. He didn't have anything else to didn't do. Have, yeah. And you drink. So he starts to work with the, the former unionists who live by the way, Pinkerton is still around. Yeah, all they are. Mm-hmm. They do cybersecurity and stuff. So he began to work with the former unionists who live by the James family farm, getting some intel on that. So now on, we had a lot of birthdays here because uh, January 25th, that's my brother's birthday. My late brother, God rest his soul. Anyway, so on January 25th, 1875, Pinkerton, he carries out his own personal vendetta against the homestead. He stages a raid there. Now, detectives throw an incendiary device into the house, a bomb, basically. Yeah. And it explodes. It kills uh, James' half-brother, Archie, and blows off one of the arms of the mama. 
Zarella. Yeah, she's an interesting character, Zarella. She lived yeah. for a long time. Yeah, they and, called her Lefty after this. Yeah, <laughs> they they she actually sued. I don't know if you get. Did you get into the lawsuit? No. She actually sued Pinkerton and won. I'm uh, trying not to go down the rabbit hole. Okay, I'm sorry. But anyway, when Jesse died, she charged people to go in the back. He was buried in their backyard, and she would charge people to go. Oh, yeah. That's how she supplemented her income. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, I'm, I'm sure she must have been a fine woman to raise such fine children. Uh, yeah. But anyway, Pinkerton denied that the intent was awesome, but... Uh, Later on, there was a letter located in the Library of Con- Congress, which Pinkerton declared his intention to burn the damn house down. Yeah. So anyway, I, I don't really now this raid trust Pinkerton. No, 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 I wouldn't trust him either. But I don't trust Zarelli either. She got one arm and prior eye. She had two before Pinkerton came along. Yeah, you know, you ever you ever run into somebody with one arm and you you just want to. What are you doing? Oh, well, please anyway, continue. Please continue. You just wonder, does it make you off balance? That's all. Please continue. Anyway, so the raid on the family home, it outraged them. I mean, it just pissed off people. Just they matter in hell. Yeah, because they come so in they and throw a bomb people. and the guy's <clears throat> in her house. He's not even there. Well, that's a nasty thing to do. So the Missouri State Legislature... Put forward a bill to praise the James and Younger gang and offered them amnesty. Yeah, and it just barely got defeated. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Well, again, because you had a lot of the former Confederates are now holding office in the legislature. Yeah. So they got a lot of protection. This ex- this extended a measure of protection over this gang. So um, prior to this, only Frank and Jesse had been singled out for rewards over this limit. You know, mm-hmm. that they have. So anyway, now let's get into to just where the gang comes unglued. Okay. And what does a usually... A good thing. They they had a good thing going here, right? Yeah. What does the downfall that usually start with? Women. Woman. There we go. He married his cousin. 
his cousin Z, who had tended to him, put the vapor rub and robitussin on him, and so um, she's the Yoko of this group. <clears throat> she is. She is. Yeah, um, but she was with him a long time. She wasn't a Johnny. Johnny come lately. Yeah, but they got married. They had a couple kids. Um, they the kids were cousins of themselves. Yes, uh, they were. <laughs> they were first cousins, and brothers and sisters yeah. were also first cousins. They were cousin brothers. Okay. So anyway, they had they had two kids. They also they had a set of twins that died in infancy. Infancy. I'm sorry. Um, and Jesse Jr. became a lawyer. Um, practice law in Kansas City, Missouri. They called him <clears throat> Los Angeles. I think he did call him Jr. I believe they just called him Jesse Jr. Um, but anyway, here's where it really goes bad for them. Yeah. September, we're up to September 1876. They're going to raid the First National Bank of Northfield, Minnesota. Yeah, that's their downfall. Yeah. After this robbery, only Frank and Jesse were left alive and uncaptured. Now, Cole and Bob Younger stated later that they uh, robbed this bank. They picked this bank for really political reasons because it was owned by Republicans. Mm-hmm. But probably that, you know, they could have been making that up. <clears throat> People that rob banks. Well, yeah, trades, again, they will lie. you know, um, yeah, you don't know. trustworthy. <laughs> you yeah. don't know where this, you know, the, you know, the politics begins and the yeah. greed begins. So anyway, they, you know, to do it logistically, the plan was to divide the gang into two groups. Three go into the bank, two guard the door outside. Sounds and three like a, stood on a bridge across across like the street. Well, it had worked sounds, up to that time. Sounds pretty good. Now, the robbers walk into the bank, and this guy, Joseph Lee Haywood, they tell him open up the safe. He just tells them, I, I don't know how to do it. Even though he didn't know how to do it. And they got a Bowie knife held to his throat. He lied. He just said, no, he just refused to do it. He just said it was secured by a time lock. I can't do it. So uh, they, they cracked his skull with a pistol butt. Now, assistant cashier Alonzo Bunker, he was, he was wounded in the shoulder as he tried to run out of the bank. Now, meanwhile, the citizens of Northfield, they see all these men standing around here, and they grow a little bit suspicious. And they raise an alarm. So the five banditos outside fire in the air to clear the streets. Now the townspeople, they run, take cover, fire back. And some of them fire back. And when the citizens are firing back, two of them are shot dead. And the rest are wounded. Two of the gang members. Yeah, two of the gang members. Now inside the outlaws turn to flee. And as they left, one of these cowardly sons of bitches, Mr. Haywood, who they had already pistol whipped and cracked his skull, the coward shot him right in the head. Shot him right in the head. Um, nobody really knows who did it, um, but somebody in the gang did it. So, they, so the lesson there is to open the safe. Well, yeah, I guess. Um, well, don't work in a bank, I guess, is the, is the it's real a better lesson. Yeah, real lesson. But anyway, the gang escapes to Northfield. They leave their two dead companions behind. Apparently there wasn't. When it was in, there wasn't in the Marines and army because they wouldn't have left the people behind. That's true. They were in the Marines and the they army. killed two innocent victims. They weren't in the Marines in the army. I can't believe they it. killed Haywood and Nicholas Gustafsson, a Swedish immigrant from the Millersburg community, Western Northfield. Aww. So now they killed two innocent people, and this ain't this ain't flying. So they there's a sweet. big ass manhunt for them, and uh, for some reason the gang goes on this arson spree. 
and they burned down 14 Rice County mills right after the robbery. Now, the James brothers here, they, they eventually split up from the others and escaped to Missouri. Now, the militias discovered that the Youngers and another guy, Charlie Pitts, they find out where they're at. So in a gunfight, they have a gunfight with them. Pitts dies, the Youngers are taken prisoner. So except for Jesse and Frank and Jesse James, the Younger young Gang's done. Right. Frank and Jesse escape back home. Yeah. To Kearney, Missouri. They get back to Missouri. So what's the first thing they do? Wrong change bank. your name. Nope. Well, they try to change their name, but that's criminals do that all the time. That ain't nothing unusual. Um, he had a lot of agents. They, they recruit a new gang. They See, go, the show they must go, go on. Yeah, show must go on. So they go home and get a new gang. All right. Now, this gang is like... Uh, yeah, they're not as good. They're not nearly as good. They're like the new Coke. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're Nobody like, likes New Coke. Yeah. It was new like, Coke is kind of old now. That was When was that? In the that 80s? was 1980, yeah. roughly, I would say, yeah. But, yeah, they get some <clears throat> guys who were uh, who were not uh, gorillas, who did not have the same right. allow, amount of experience. Well, they were not younger. the battle-hardened gorillas right. that they were used to. So they, they decided to, they, they held up a train, um, and they, they go on a crime spree, and they held up, the federal paymaster of a canal project in Killing, Alabama. A couple more train robberies, but the new gang, they wasn't, they wasn't the hardened gorillas that the other ones was. And pretty soon they're turning on each other, or they get captured. So now James. It's hard to get good help. Yeah, oh, it is. And Jesse's getting so paranoid, he's starting to scare people out of the gang, you know, so. And it's believed that he might have killed another person in the gang. Well, I mean, at this point, he's a victim of his own publicity. Because yeah, everybody knows who he is, right. and he, you know. So anyway, so in 1879, they rob a couple stores in in Mississippi, um, and they got about two thousand dollars in those. They brought, they took shelter in some abandoned cabins down in the Kemp Plantation down in Louisiana. Now, I mean, these guys were all over the place. Oh, they was moving fast. But when you're an outlaw, you got to move fast. I mean, you know that. Yeah. I mean, we've been outlaws before. Yeah. Before we went straight and came clean, we was outlaws. Just like Jesse James. So now the posse coming after them, and uh, <clears throat> they find them in Louisiana. They kill two of the outlaws, but they can't capture the whole gang. And now Jesse keeps doing this for about three years. Um, until he meets his demise, coincidentally, in so another St. Joseph in northwestern Missouri. So, yeah, so he, he changed it. He's living under an alias. Yeah. Yes, we've already covered that, haven't yeah. we? That he would change his name. And <laughs> he never told us what his name was. He did not tell people what his name was That's because it was an, an alias. alias. Yes. <laughs> the alias was Ford, but go ahead. So anyway. Howard, I'm sorry. It so was you don't know yes. shit from apple butter over there. Florida but anyway, by 1881, authorities are getting a little suspicious. The brothers go back to Missouri where they feel a little bit safer. So in November 81, James moves his family to St. Joseph, Missouri. It's not too far from where he'd been born. Been Frank, born. though, decides he's going to move to a safer territory and heads to Virginia 
in hopes of finding him a cousin to marry, I guess. I don't there know. There you go. A lot of Actually, Frank comes out of this whole thing all right. He lived he a lived yeah. life after this. Well, and they decide, that, you know what, this crime thing, it's just too, you know, much like we did, Timmy. Well, you're, you're, you're getting older. You're getting older, yeah. Everybody that time comes in our gang gets killed. Time to know. settle down, marry your relative. Yeah, it's time to marry my sister, or my cousin, or yeah, because I mean Frank, he down in Virginia where he can marry your sister. Yeah, go ahead, so please, he, don't, uh, please don't, please don't. You have that anymore. as a fact. Hmm? You have that as a fact. Please move on so we don't angle. Oh no, it's West things. Virginia. He wasn't in West Virginia. You got you got to stick the second cousin in Virginia. But anyway, I, I apologize to all of our Virginia and West Virginia listeners. Go ahead. Well, you know what? We probably got a lot of West Virginia listeners because the only thing they can do is listen because they can't read down there. Chuck, so, wow. Chuck, come on, go, 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 go. He called you by your name. Now you know you're in trouble. It's like when mom does it. Anyway, with his gang nearly <laughs> annihilated, um, James trusted only the Ford brothers, Charlie and Robert. Now, although Charlie had been out on raids with, with Jesse... Um, Bob, he was a he was an eager new recruit. Bob, yeah. Bob, uh, yeah, Bob from Accountants. That's a, that's the original Bob from Accountants. There you go. Uh, he was he was Bob from uh, uh, Account Outlaws, <laughs> Outlaw Temps. Yeah, Bob from Outlaw. He went on and invented the automobile, didn't he? He did. He Bob. did. Um, Bob Ford. So anyway, for protection, um, James asked the four brothers for some. Uh, oh, not that kind of protection. I'm sorry. Um, for protection, he asked the four brothers to move in with him and his family. Now, Jesse had often stayed with his mistake. sister, Martha Bolton, and according to rumors... Word on the street? Yeah. He was smitten with her. Smitten? Yeah. Yeah, that's the... Anyway. Now, by this time, Bob Ford had already conducted secret negotiations with Thomas Crittenden, the Missouri governor, to bring... In a famous outlaw. Yeah, he had a Crittenden was after after. Oh, he made it a big political thing. Um, That was his. He said it was his top priority in his inaugural address. He declared no political motives could be allowed to keep them from justice. Yeah, I agree with him. So on April third, you're part of the problem. You're part of the system. Hmm? You're part of the system. You're the man. I like to think that I'm keeping some people down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. I didn't get to be the colonel by, you know, by doing anything. As as colonel, were you like the head cashier at the bank? Well, I would at least be the head teller. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. the head deli clerk. So anyway, soda jerk. We're up to April third here. He would be a soldier. And after after eating his breakfast, he'd yell at you every time you ordered a coke. After eating that breakfast, rabbit hole people. What did they eat? Um, they had some duck. Um, duck. Some duck. A la orange. And some goose. Um, no, you don't. Now, who makes his duck with geese? Uh, don't be ridiculous. So anyway, yes. on April 3rd, they eat breakfast. The Fords and James, they go into the living room. They're going to watch some cable, play some Xbox, whatever. We're coming up do. to the climax. I, would, yeah. I wish somebody would get there already. <laughs> so now James had just learned. You're uh, taking too long. Gang member Dick Little's. <laughs> now, this is good. That's, yes! There's another one, Dick Little. That's not the first time that you've heard that statement, but you're taking too long. That's the first time you've heard that. <laughs> 
Taking too long. I got shit to do. So we're in the Ford. We're in uh, uh, Jesse James' home with the Ford brothers. No, you know, the listeners don't know where we're at because you two won't shut the hell up. I'm recapping. We're in the. Daddy, eating breakfast, April 3rd, 1982. 1882. Now they ate breakfast. The Fords and the James, they go into the living room before traveling to Platte City for a robbery. Now, Jesse just learned of gang member Dick Little's confession. Dick Little. Now, think about that. What kind of hateful mama and dad you got there? (laughs) Dick Little. So, um, now, he, he he, he later went on to join that law firm of Cox, Bollinger, and Dick Little. But, uh... Little so Cox he confessed and Bollinger. Yeah, Little Cox and Bollinger. Why would anyone? <laughs> Dick Little to this and Bollinger. So anyway, he confessed to participating in Heights murder while reading daily newspaper. Well, I... and, and 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 USA. Jesse's reading yeah. the newspaper. He sees this confession. He's getting really, really, and he's paranoid already. I am curious about that. How did they get newspapers back in the day? Uh, the mailman dropped him. The, no, no, the I'm serious. Boy. I'm serious. Yeah, the boy. I mean, this is 1880 or... The newspaper boy. Well, there was a kid riding around on a little pony whipping around right, at your, right, at your uh, window, uh, breaking right. out your window. Right. Right. I'm still, I'm right still not pony. convinced. Yeah. Can you well, be? he didn't have a bicycle. Please continue. So anyway, they eat breakfast. Jesse eating, Jesse reading the newspaper. Okay, he, he, went, he go into the bathroom, reading the newspaper, making room for lunch. Come back out, he's still reading the newspaper. Um, and now he grows a little bit suspicious of the Fords for never reporting this matter to him. Yeah, so he's, getting, he's getting, he's starting to see that they might be, he's starting to suspect they might be, uh, might be rats. plotting against yeah. him. And, and this is according to Robert Ford. Um, Robert Ford said it became very clear to him that Jesse realized they were about to betray him. So, and, Rather than scold the Fords, tell them what dirty, rotten turncoats that they was. Rats. Um, James just walks across the living room. He lays his revolver on a sofa. He turns around, notices a dusty picture above the mantel, and he stood on a chair to clean it. He had OCD, didn't he? He did. You'd have to in the middle of an assassination attempt. So he he turns to to He he puts his guns down on the couch... Steps on uh, this little thing to dust off a picture above the mantel, and Robert Ford drew his weapon and shot the unarmed Jesse James in the back of the head. That dirty little coward. Yep. Now, James' previous bullet wounds um, and partially missing middle finger served to positively identify the body. Now, this death becomes a national sensation. Now, the Fords made no attempt at all to hide the role, well, they did it first when the wife yeah. when wa- the wife comes running in. Yeah, well, yeah. The wife comes running in, sees Jesse shot. They tried to deny it to they them. They tried to deny it. They're sitting there holding the gun. Yeah, there was a little, I don't know what happened. Ain't nobody else in the room. Right. You know, I like, didn't do it. I yeah. didn't do it. Well, some he accidentally shot himself in the back of the head. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I don't have that. No, but so, actually, later on, Robert Ford wired the governor to claim his reward. Yeah, so they had, what, a, uh, a $10,000 reward, 5000 from the, the state, state, and 5000 yeah, from the railroad. Right. And they end up getting uh, how much? You know, $500. Yeah. They, they got $500. They got cheated. 
Yeah. The man, well, the man cheated him. Yeah. But Pinkerton was pleased. So anyway, crowds actually came into, were just squeezing into the house to see the dead guy. So anyway, the four brothers surrendered to the authorities, and they were, they were dismayed to be charged with first-degree murder. So in the course of a single day, the four brothers were indicted, pleaded guilty, sentenced to death by hanging, and granted a full pardon by Governor Crittenden. Yeah, they got the pardon. They got 500 bucks, but that, that yeah. was it. So the governor's very quick <coughs> pardon suggested that they knew the brothers intended to kill James rather than capture him. Um, you know, dead or alive, nobody really cared. So, but the impl- implication of the chief executive of Missouri that he conspired to kill a private citizen kind of startled the public, which I'm really kind of surprised that, you know, people will be startled by those kind of things because our chief executives kill many private citizens. They're doing it today. But they've done it throughout history. Yeah, they worked out the deal. I mean, in a, in a sense, it worked out for everyone except, of course, Jesse. It worked out for the governor. It worked out for Pinkerton. Well, it worked out for Jesse because he was—Jesse at this time was very, very depressed um, when he, by the time he got—that's why he didn't fight back. Um, he realized that his only—you know, he had, he had two career paths, basically. Um, Jesse hated farming. He hated farming. Didn't like it at all. Um, but he, as a kid, he learned to play banjo. Um, but then he got that middle finger cut off. So now he couldn't play the banjo. He couldn't be a bank robber. He couldn't be a gandy dancer because uh, he'd been shot so many let times. Me, but let me let me give you another theory. Are you are you about done? I'm getting very okay. <clears throat> Go ahead. Well, actually, public opinion turned against Fords, and we know today that there's a movie. Uh, there was a folk song about it. Yeah, yeah there was and a Brad Pitt's Brad movie. Pitt. Uh, the, the, wasn't it the murder of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford? By the Ford. coward Robert Ford, yeah. Something yeah, um, in his, uh, on Jesse's tombstone, um, they got on there that he that he was the killed by someone, who a coward who we won't name. Yeah. So <laughs> public opinion turned against him and uh But he made some money on side shows and stuff, right? Going and reenacting the shooting. Mm-hmm. He made some money. And yeah. he himself was murdered. Um yeah, I was, a few I was years actually later. getting to that point. <laughs> Sorry, ahead. Colonel. Go right ahead. But you know you, you no know, you go ahead. No, no, please please, please continue. Like. Um now Bob Ford he operated a tent saloon in Creed, Colorado. And uh on June 8th, 1892, a man named Edro, Edward O'Kelly. Now, anybody, I'm telling you now, anybody that got an O before their name. The probably O'Kelly, Irish. O'Connor, O'Malley, we, we or have whatever. Irish listeners be kind. Yeah. Well, uh, you just want to steer. If you're in a saloon and somebody says, hey, hey, I'm Bob O'Malley, eh? No, that's Canadian. I'm sorry. I got my accents mixed up, but... Anyway, if you meet an Irishman in a bar, steer clear. Get your ass all the way on another. Actually, go to another bar. And when you go into that bar, say, hey, is there any Irishman in here? And if anybody says yes, just leave. Just leave. You don't want to be around drunken Irish people. The colonel had to grow up with drunken Irish people. I'm telling you, it's not a pretty thing. So anyway, he meets Edward O'Kelly. He don't do nothing. He don't do nothing. Well, I think it was a it was a turf issue because they were uh, his saloon had burned down, 
and they were uh, they were trying to con- they want they're, they're trying to run him out of town because he was competition to the other saloons. Yeah, and, but it, so does Edward O'Kelly comes in, and also if you see you're in a saloon and a man with a first name with an O, and for that matter, if you're in a saloon and a guy whose last name ends in a vowel. Like an Italian guy. And they walk in and they got a shotgun in their hands. Because this man had a shotgun in his hand. If anyone walks in with a shotgun in their hands, you better be. You should leave. Yes. Well, I mean, if if their last name's like Cole or Baker or whatever, they could be farmers. But if they're Irish, they're Italian, they're there to kill somebody. Okay? (laughs) So, uh, what, you're saying I stereotype people or tell me it ain't true? Continue. Okay. You stereotype. Yeah, no, I did not. Um, <laughs> so, any, so, uh, and here's proof. Edward O'Kelly, he walks up to him and says, hello, Bob. And they shot him in the throat with a double-barrel shotgun. Now, who does that? Not civilized society? No. That's a wild west. Yeah, and O'Kelly was sentenced to life in prison. Now, he, his sentence got commuted because of a 7,000 7, signatures on a petition in favor of the man's release and the governor pardoned him. He only ended up doing about 10 years for it. Yeah, because people, again, they were happy that the, the man who killed the man who killed Jesse James were... You know, yeah, and now Lefty, um, his mother Lefty was a relda. Remember, she got her arm blown off. Uh, right. So anyway, Zerelda Samuel, um, she wrote the following epitaph for him. This this is what's on his his, his yeah, tombstone. Uh, yeah, that's what I was trying to articulate a while ago, but I'm sure you won't have the correct version of it. In loving memory of my beloved son, murdered by a traitor and coward whose name is not worthy to appear here. Yeah, that being. Did for, they put those things on there? Yeah, they did. They had the to, apparently, they had to chisel it in really tiny letters with all that nonsense. Yeah, I, I've, no, I've seen. You can see it on the internet. It's and his widow. Um, Z. Z. Mims, James, uh, she died alone and in poverty. And Mother, like I said, she would charge people. Mother did pretty good for herself. Yeah. She got a settlement uh, from Pinkerton. Yeah. And then she would charge people to come in and look at Jesse's grave uh, tombstone for, you know, as long as she lived. She was uh, interested. She's she's like a whole podcast topic on herself. Well, a lot of these guys could be podcasts. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Jesse James, you, we, he's now dead. And the man who killed him, Robert Ford, is dead. Mm-hmm. And O'Kelly o- goes to prison. He's pardoned. He goes out. He goes on the on the uh, sideshow circuit as the man who killed the who man. Killed man Bob who killed Ford. Yeah. yeah, who killed Jesse James. He ends up getting killed in a shootout with police later on, though. O'Kelly does. Well... So, that happens. It happens. Uh, yeah. You have the once once somebody shoots somebody in the throat with a shotgun. There's not a lot, not a lot of good endings to these stories. Generally, so, yeah. Except for Frank. Frank came out okay. Frank lived, moved and lived a pretty peaceful life after this. Yeah. The and and once is what the other four brother he got tuberculosis. Yeah. Um, he ended up dying. With tuberculosis. Well, all of them ended up dying because it was 125 years ago. But well, and and yeah, Charlie Ford, nice. he he became a morphine addict, much okay. like yourself, Timmy. 
Okay, but you would think now that we've got Jesse in the ground, that was it, right? That's the end of the story. I believe that would be the end of the story unless people did not believe that Jesse James was really killed. I'm glad you mentioned that because as soon as Jesse was killed, rumors started circulating that that was not really Jesse James that was, that was killed by Robert Ford. Like, you know, Elvis, when Elvis died. Remember everyone saw him at Burger King and... Uh, Actually, I saw Elvis about three... I saw him at Burger King. Three years yeah. ago in Walmart. Okay, so... So anyway, um, the rumors that uh, Jesse James, because Jesse James had a uh, had just three years earlier tried to fake his own death, right? Now this is what I said a while ago that it I don't like um, any uh, you know I hate research and stuff that was before 1900 because you can't distinguish fact from fiction, so. Good what, luck. Good what, luck getting the truth out. What happened in 1900 to change things? And nothing. That's my personal cutoff. That's all. That's oh. my personal preference. But anyway, so rumors persisted over the years that Jesse James were, was uh, was not killed in the was not, was not killed by Robert Ford. That in fact it was a setup because three years earlier he had tried to. Uh, fake his own death to get um, uh, out of um, being pursued by the authorities and start a new life. So right away, rumors circulated that this was all a setup. Now, it served everyone's purpose. Uh, Jesse could start a new life. Um, the Fords would get some of the reward money and they could go, you know, they would get pardoned for their past crimes. Um, Pinkerton could close the book on Jesse James and get the notoriety of, you know, being able to hunt him down. And the, the governor, Crichton, was able to uh, keep a, one of his um, campaign promises. So it served everyone's interest. So there's a, there were a lot of speculation that this was all set up. And if not involving the governor and Pinkerton and the law enforcement, it was certainly they could have been set up by Jesse James. Because apparently Jesse's mother, Lefty, as you referred to her, at first refused to accept that that was Jesse's body that they had found on that um, in the living room. Well, he shot him in the back of the head. Now, when with those, and, and those were large caliber bullets that we use in those, in those revolvers. And what happens is you have that uh, effect where you get shot in the back of the head, and there's probably a very good chance that there was not a whole lot of Jesse's face left on there. Okay, so because he had to be identified by his finger and by his previous wounds. Yeah, which was right. He had seven sh- uh, shotgun wounds, and he had b- burned feet, and he had his missing finger. Right, you know, he had burned feet. Yeah, mm-hmm. his, but he had burn scars on his feet. So anyway, he did. He he walked across cold. Oh, was he a firewalker too? He was a firewalker. This was a, This was eighteen eighty two, right? So nineteen fifty one which is some years later, 60-some years later. A man by the name of J. Frank Dalton, who was 100 years old, no, I'm sorry, 1948, comes forward and claims, guess what? That he was, was in fact, Jesse James. He alleged that he had, um, had he was in, moved to Texas and that, you know, that the, like I said, the whole thing was a whole a setup. spot in the back of his head? Well... Here's the thing. He seemed to know a lot of details that 
only someone that were very familiar with the James family or the James gang would know. But some details he didn't know. Like, he didn't know his brother's real full name. Frank's full name was Alexander Frank James. He well, if you're 100 that. years old, you might not remember. Yeah, there, there, there is that. And he didn't know the name of a horse that Jesse had. But, get this, the guy had seven gunshot wounds. He had a missing finger. He had burns on his feet. He um, did all that to himself. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, there... He may have. He may have. So, but anyway, he's going around claiming that he is actually, in fact, Jesse James. So, he signs, he fills out a uh, affidavit. Now, the guy's 100 years old, uh, stating to the fact that he was Jesse James. He applied for a pension through the state of te- uh, Texas for Confederacy, which granted. He was buried when he died in 1951. He was buried under the name Jesse uh, Jesse James, and that was what's on his death certificate. Now, so in 1995, they decided to dig Jesse out to do DNA testing. The alleged Jesse or real? No, Jesse? The, the Jesse that's buried. The, the first in, Jesse. The first, the Jesse that whoever's buried. Jesse number one or Jesse number two? The Jesse that's buried in Missouri. They okay. dig him up. With epitaph. Yeah, they dig him up to do. DNA testing. They do the DNA testing, and they find that the um, that there was a line of DNA that runs through the female side of Jesse's James family. So they decided they concluded three things. One of three things: one, it was Jesse James that was in that coffin. Two, that it wasn't Jesse James, but it was a relative. Or three, it was someone who, it wasn't Jesse James, it wasn't a relative, it was someone who just had this same similar DNA, which was like 99.7%, you know, positive it was Jesse James, where a lot of people didn't accept that. So they, um, this how right, you this, know? how would you know it was Jesse James unless you had... Well, they had his relatives that they could yeah, match the DNA Yeah, but that just meant to. that they were relatives. Well, the, the, the theory was that the guy that murdered was a guy who looked very similar to Jesse that hung out with him named Charlie Bigelow. And that, Bigelow. Uh, and that they decided to knock him off so that Jesse could start this new, new life. So anyway, now, now when this man comes forward, he's a hundred years old. He's a hundred years old when he comes forward to claim. Now he's an interesting fellow too. So they decided, okay, when he dies, he, they decide uh, this Jesse James researcher. I swear I'm not making this up. Jesse James researcher. Let me find his name. Um, I don't have it in front of me. But anyway, he was a researcher and used car salesman. Sure, he. Petitions the court to dig up Mr. James J. Frank Dalton, the guy claiming who claimed that he was Jesse James and was buried with a tombstone that said Jesse James in, in Texas. So they, they petitioned the court to exhume the body to do DNA testing on him to see if there's a match. Well, they, first the court won't allow it. Then they present enough convincing evidence, circumstantial evidence, that they allow, the court allows them to proceed with the examination of J. Frank Dalton. 
However, they mess up and they dig up the wrong body. <laughs> so, so, but the thing is, in my research, and maybe our listeners know, but in my research, I, I can't see where there's any record that they went back and got the real body. So, at this point, it's inconclusive. Now, one last thing. The Discovery Channel... Of course, General or Colonel, you are a very big fan of the yeah, Discovery. Yeah, I watch the Discovery. I actually have written some episodes for the Discovery. But the only thing that troubles me about what you're saying, Timmy, mm-hmm. is I remember, and God rest his soul, my, my sweet grandmother, when she was in the nursing home. Um, about the time she turned about 87, she started claiming she was Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there is that. But this guy, this guy knew things that if if he wasn't um, Jesse James, he was probably associated. The thought is he's probably was associated with the gang. Okay. My grandma was walking around a nursing home challenging people to duels okay. all the time. All right. Well, anyway, I'll get back to Jay Fringdahl. She so, lost so, him a lot, didn't she? So, anyway, the Discovery Channel brings in. Uh, some experts on um, uh, facial—what do you we call it? Facial. Reconstruction. Uh, well, you know, to be able how they were—they did research to look at old photographs and 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 results of the. Uh, do you ever watch Bones? Okay. It's called facial reconstruction. Okay. They found that. The photograph of Jesse James is known to be a real photograph of Jesse James did not match that of the post-mortem photograph taken of the person whose body is buried in Missouri. That's interesting. However, it did not match James Frank Galton either. <laughs> so That's interesting. So we have one of three... One of three conclusions. Jesse James was shot and killed by Robert Ford, and he, he is buried in the backyard there in Missouri. Two, that J. Frank Dalton was James was actually Jesse James, went on and lived a quiet life in Texas and to the age of 103 when he finally died. Or three, someone else is buried in that uh, grave, and Jesse, we don't know what happened to him. Well, the, the troubling thing to me about this... He could still be running the streets. Oh, he could still be around there. Yeah. yeah you could, but here's the part that troubles me about this whole story. Yeah. Is uh, Robert Ford's version of events. Mm-hmm. Now, Jesse James has grown suspicious, and he, according to Robert Ford, knows that he is going to betray him. Mm-hmm. And then he just walks and puts his pistols down. And turns his back and says, you know, dusts off the thing on the mantle, like, okay, do it. So you think it was like suicide by snitch? No, that does not get bridges. That does not that does not mesh with Jesse James' character in anything that we have seen. Yeah. So you know? that that's troubling. I mean that do, do you I mean do you yeah. see that? Do yeah. you see Jesse James just giving up and saying, Okay, it's time, just shoot me. Yeah, why would but, but I also the also thought is why would you accept if you're Robert Ford? Why would you want to be known as the man who killed Jesse James, shot him in the back? You know, why not shoot the guy in the head? As we know, some notoriety for people is enough. Just some, yeah, I guess. no matter what kind. So anyway, uh, and, and it was easy enough um, 
for Ford, if he was, you know, if this, it was easy enough for Ford to say, here's where we're at. You know, he's, he's corresponding with the governor. You know, that's the right. theory. Right. It's easy enough to say, this is where we're at. Come and get us. Why, why is he shooting and killing him when the reward is for his capture? You, know, you see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. In, in, in there, if you were, if you were conspiracy minded, and again, as I say, if you know firearms and you know the revolvers that they used back then, there was damn near 50 caliber things. Yeah. So the injury wound to the back of the head, although it would be the size of a bullet, it truly would remove the face coming out. Well, he, no, his face was intact. At least it was in, I mean, the, the, the post-mortem photos, you could see his face. Yeah, but it removed, it did disfigure very badly. The, 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 this James Frank Dalton, or J. Frank Dalton, it, it, one theory is that he was, that he, it was an alias, James J. Frank Dalton, because there was a Frank Dalton that was part of the Dalton. The Dalton game. Well, he was relatives. To, he was the older brother of those who were involved in the Dalton game. Oh, okay. He was actually a marshal. But he was killed in like 1887. So we don't know who J., this J., J. Dal- Frank Dalton is. There's still, they, they, it's believed he was, he was, it was not his real name. That he used that was an alias. Now, whether or not, if you're Jesse James, why would you take an alias of someone in the Dalton gang if you're trying There's to? There's wanted for a crime already, right? Right. Um, so, who knows? That's what I mean. Any anyone's, you know, finding out the truth is, you know, good luck. But the truth is out there. But so, so I've learned. So let's go around the table. And so, what do you think, Colonel? What do you think happened? You think it? Uh, what I think Jesse happened died. Is and the other thing is, Frank would make comments about Jesse being alive throughout throughout the rest of his life. And when I said that they were, um, there were several features of his body. I mentioned the bullet wounds. There was also a rope burn around J, um, Jesse's neck. No, he was known to have a rope burn. So did J. Frank Dalton. He had a collapsed lung. So did J. Frank Dalton. He had a damaged fingertip, which I mean mentioned, and severely burned feet. But go ahead. Uh, did he have the Major Johnson? I don't know. What do you believe, Colonel, of the theory? What I believe is that Robert Ford and Jesse James conspired um, to make it appear that Jesse was killed by Robert Ford. Yeah, and there there was a lot, like we said. That wouldn't been the first time that he tried to fake his own death, and he used, as we mentioned earlier, numerous Howard uh, aliases. And fa- Howard was the last one. And you've been, well, we're all been at this table, been married. Faking your own death ain't easy. I mean, you got to cut the grass. It's eighty-eight degrees outside, and you're trying to get out of it. I've tried to fake my own death two or three times, and it's not an easy thing to do. So you got to get a good plan. Get committed. That's a very good plan that they had there. Brandy, what do you think, Kevin? He's dead. Well, I know he's dead. Well, of course he's I mean, dead. It was 120. That's what I think. What do you think, Kevin? I think he's, I think the guy killed him in his living room. You think uh, Ford killed him in the living room? Yes. I don't believe that Jesse would go down without a fight like that. And Jesse uh, was I, tired. I am going to reluctantly agree with Brandy. I think he probably was... Uh, it probably did go down like that. But, Underneath her bitches. Uh, again... 
you know, <laughs> good luck finding the truth. I don't know. No, I believe if it is Jesse that was shot in that room, that yeah, Jesse, reconstruction Jesse did not up. see it coming. I don't believe that Jesse would see it coming and then just turn his back and say, shoot me in the head. I believe or, now if Robert Ford actually killed Jesse in that room, maybe that's true. Or maybe However, he was trying to get their confidence. You know, like, I'll put my gun down so you don't, you don't think that I know. Right. Now, I don't, I, if, he, if he did that at all, it's one of those things where he didn't think no, he had the No, because Jesse had did I just, Am I talking? He's talking. He, doesn't he's talking. Think, he didn't think he had the stones to do it, so he just set all his stuff down. But like Jesse had killed it. people in the gang before. Jesse had killed people right. in the gang when he got paranoid. So I, I don't, I don't see him. So we've got one. Uh, do you think it's Jay Dalton? Jay Dalton? Jay Frank Dalton is the was the Jesse James? It's pretty. It's a pretty big coincidence. All the stuff that he got in common with. Yeah, I mean it's. it's yeah. there was other stuff too. Like he knew where some stuff was buried. He and they went there, and it was there. And it's supposed to be some treasure or something. I, you know, you get on the internet, and it, it all gets fuzzy. I would. I would like to know who shot Hayward in the bank because nobody knows who shot him. I would have said. I do not know about. That. I would have said. I would have asked that Captain Hayward driver. in the bank. The bank teller. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Any final thoughts, Colonel, on outlaw Jesse James? Well, kids. Crime doesn't pay. Please apologize to everyone you offended during this podcast. If I have offended you during this podcast, um, please know that it is um, just the colonel's nature to... uh, To be an asshole. To... (laughs) You're going to have to apologize now. To... uh, Yeah, you're going to have to apologize (laughs) to me. I will not. It is the colonel's nature to poke fun at stereotypes. Yeah. And the Italians and the Irish have some have some stereotypes that are bad, and I like to poke fun at those things because it makes it, it shows you how ridiculous they are. And we all have, we all have them in our family. Right? And the, well, the you know the Colonel Irish himself. So yes. and, and Granny's a, has the Italians in our family. And the in the Colonel family, I should say, came up from North Carolina into West Virginia and into Ohio. So thanks for that lesson. Yeah, we and I'm from Appalachia. So if we offended anyone. We're sorry. Yeah. Brandy, any final thoughts? Uh, we have been doing this long enough. <laughs> yes. Thank you, everyone. Um, Colonel, where can people find us? They can find You know, I am going to say one thing about West Virginia, though. Mm-hmm. When you come it's across Ohio. Heaven. It's almost heaven. Right when you come across Ohio and you go across, you're coming from Cincinnati, you go across a little bridge, and I believe you're going right into, um, is it Charleston? Yes. Charleston, West Virginia. Huntington, um, maybe it's honey. It's but they have they. I believe the Capitol building is the first thing you see. Oh, that's true. I love that building. Yeah, it's yeah, the it first thing you see building. when you go in there. It's just a. It's hit it's the kinda, point. Yeah, it's a beautiful building. You is suck. that your fucking point? We that's sat here, and that's your point. Where can people find us, Colonel? People can find us on Stitcher, but Not it's hard in Charleston. Hell. Um, people can find us on Facebook on History Dweebs. History Dweebs. Yeah. People can find us on on the World Wide Web um, at historydweeb.com, and people can find us on iTunes. Now, if you're on iTunes, please leave us a review and tell... It's it's about time you people quit protecting the devil. Start telling them... Tell us what you think of the devil, because she really kind of nasty and mean, and she should apologize to the colonel. 
All right. We'll see you all again next time on History Dweebs. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.